for tuning into this week's Stacker Chat. Stacks is smart contracts for Bitcoin, and I'm joined by Winnie Bali, Stacks founder, with your weekly updates. So today we're going to focus on Stacks' connection to Bitcoin. So can we start on what is the two-way peg problem for Bitcoin, and how does Stacks provide a solution? Yeah, so I think um, if you think about the core um, core problem that Stacks kind of like uh, focuses on is adding more functionality to Bitcoin. Like I think all of us love Bitcoin as a store of value, as sound money. And we are all interested in like, hey, how can we make Bitcoin more useful in different applications and so on? So people have looked at this issue for a very long time. And uh, the, the general approach that I think people try to take is uh, effectively trying to move Bitcoin to another system. Let's call it a side chain or you know, some, some other layer and then bringing it back uh, in a as trustless manner as possible, right? So let's call them, call this like a two-way peg type of a solution, right? So the idea is that can you do a transaction that locks your Bitcoin on the Bitcoin main chain uh, and issues some sort of a Bitcoin derived asset on a side chain? And then can you bring uh, Bitcoin back from the side chain to the main chain? Meaning that logic on the side chain would trigger the unlocking of your Bitcoin on the main chain, right? That's the theoretical idea. It's the bringing Bitcoin back part that is the technically challenging aspect, right? So I think there has been many kind of like research papers or proposals around these things, but at a, at a high level, I think it's safe to say that there's no trustless two-way peg system that is live today. Most of the systems that you see uh, where, where people kind of like confuse these things with sidechains uh, would be one example would be Liquid, which is a federated network uh, that had a trusted multi-sig wallet. Uh, and that's how people are moving Bitcoin uh, to Liquid. LBTC gets issued there. You're kind of like trusting the federation to operate the network and you're trusting the multi-sig wallet holders, which is Blockstream basically uh, uh, they, they control how the Bitcoin comes back and so on, right? Whereas the, the ideal of a two-way peg is that uh, it's basically completely trustless, that you can just do a transaction. So they want the security to be similar to Lightning, right? Just like in Lightning, anyone can do a Bitcoin transaction to basically uh, abort uh, their, their Lightning channel and, and so, so the security of their Bitcoin is kind of like in their own hands, right? So in a ideal world, uh, the two-way peg system would be similar that whenever the user wants to send, you know, uh, the user can basically bring back Bitcoin in, a, in a, a completely trustless manner. And that doesn't, that exists for Lightning. It doesn't really exist uh, as far as the side chains are concerned. Right? So whenever people think about adding more functionality to Bitcoin, I think they default to uh, this fairly hard problem of like, hey, how do you have a two-way peg system that is fully trustless? And that's how you're going to add more functionality. So the idea is that once you issue some sort of a uh, derived Bitcoin asset on a sidechain, uh, the sidechain can be more programmable, right? So it can have fully expressive smart contracts. You can build interesting things there, and then eventually you're bringing the Bitcoin back. Right? Uh, and I think people have ignored a separate category of solutions, which is effectively that, hey, instead of kind of like um, locking up your BDC 
and and unlocking you know a derived asset on a sidechain. How about we just try to do interesting things with native Bitcoin itself, right? So you skip the part where you're locking something and then you're you're trying to bring Bitcoin back, but you just focus on making uh, the native Bitcoin transactions more interesting. And I think that's the approach that Stacks starts with. Uh, we are doing some R&D on the two-way peg side as well. And we have some, uh, some solutions that are not as trustless as a fully two-way two peg, uh, but they're more practical and that are live today, right? So, but I wanna separate those two things because I feel like people confuse them a lot. So let's focus on the second category that not a lot of people know about and not a lot of people can like pay attention to it. So in that category, uh, let's call it like uh, expressive Bitcoin transactions or something where you're taking a normal Bitcoin transaction and you're making it more expressive. So in, in solutions like these, uh, you have this separate layer, which is Stacks, uh, that has smart contracts that can actually read information from Bitcoin. And these contracts can react to, uh, to, uh, to, to the Bitcoin transactions. So now a, a native Bitcoin transaction can actually trigger a swap. Right. And th these are the type of swaps that are already live uh, through Stacks uh, in, in, in multiple ways, right? Like people have implemented different types of swaps already. So if you, if you, if you look at it from an application perspective, uh, what the user really wants to do is they just want to take their Bitcoin and they want to trade it in a trustless manner uh, into, let's say, a stable coin, or they want to purchase an NFT with it. So technically, you don't need to like first lock up your BDC get a derived asset on a side chain, then on the side chain, do a swap, right? It's actually simpler <clears throat> because you're removing certain steps from the process. It's actually simpler if you just directly do the swap through a Bitcoin transaction, right? So that's that's the, the thing that actually confuses a lot of people. And I've seen uh, a lot of people confuse this because then they go like, well, Stacks doesn't have, you know, trustless two-way pegs yet. That is true. That doesn't mean that Stacks doesn't have native uh, Bitcoin swaps. Those are already live, right? And people are already doing really interesting things with it because in some ways it's actually simpler, right? Because you can just directly build an application instead of worrying about uh, doing, doing the two-way peg. And the Bitcoin in, in this way never leaves the Bitcoin chain. So imagine a lending application where you're trying to lend BTC and your collateral is, uh, you know, some sort of a stable coin. Even in the sidechain approach, the way this would work is you would first lock up your BDC, you would move it into the sidechain, uh, then you will have some sort of a stable coin collateral in the sidechain itself, and and you will try to basically lend your Bitcoin derived asset in the sidechain. Over here again, it is simpler because the stable coin asset is is on the stacks layer. Uh, and, and the Bitcoin just stays on the Bitcoin chain, right? And you can just lend it directly there. So Bitcoin transactions are always validated by Bitcoin miners. So I think that's a key difference that I've seen, I've seen a lot of confusion uh, because people default to thinking that this is a two-way peg solution. It's not a two-way peg solution. Two-way peg solutions are possible through stacks. And just like other folks, like we are doing a bunch of R&D to make more trustless two-way pegs possible. And uh, slightly less trustless uh, pegs are already there, right? Uh, some some solutions are already there, but I've wanted to kind of like you know differentiate these these two categories, and it's the category two that I think most people don't understand and uh, don't know enough about. Great, thank you.
Now, you just dove a little bit deeper into stacks and specifically, you know, Clarity smart contracts on stacks can read and react to movements on the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, and can you dive a little bit deeper into what features and functions might make it even easier for developers to, to build for Bitcoin? Yeah, so I think that's uh, that's exactly right. That the, the Clarity smart contracts uh, can read Bitcoin transactions; they can react to it, and that's what makes this you know expressive Bitcoin transactions possible. Because whenever you do a Bitcoin transaction, the contracts on the stack sites can react to it. So it's a it's a little bit like at that point your Bitcoin transaction has a lot more meaning, right? Because you could you could trigger uh, a condition in a smart contract, you could purchase an asset, you could you can make swaps, you could do all sorts of interesting things, just with native native uh, native Bitcoin transactions. And I think I think that's a key property, right? And it's it's actually something that's baked into stacks like very natively. Uh, so this is another thing that people sometimes bring up that they say that okay, well, uh, reading Bitcoin state is something you could do on other ones as well. Theoretically, yes, right? You could theoretically try to do that on Ethereum. The way it would look like is you would have some sort of a SPV proof of Bitcoin state in a smart contract, but then these are two different systems, right? Like Stacks is very tightly integrated with Bitcoin. If Bitcoin forks, Stacks forks with it, right? If you are trying to implement some sort of a SPV solution in a smart contract on Ethereum, it's going to end up looking very, very complicated. And it, ha it has no direct connection to Bitcoin. Right, so if there's a Bitcoin uh, fork, Ethereum is not going to react to a Bitcoin fork, for example. And then similarly, uh, an SPV-based solution is always going to be inferior uh, in terms of security and also in term terms of how comprehensive it is to a full node approach. So the Stacks nodes, like they basically, uh, the the solution here is not SPV-based. Like you have access to full Bitcoin nodes, and that is a more secure way of doing things. Uh, so I think that's that's kind of like the separation. And plus, I think from a purely engineering perspective, Stacks is a project that is focused on just this problem. Nobody else is doing that, right? Like Ethereum uh, is not designed to be as compatible and as tightly integrated with Bitcoin as possible. They're just doing their own thing. And I think there's a huge difference from a day-to-day -day engineering perspective. If all of your code, all of your libraries are very, very tightly integrated with Bitcoin. And I think that's a that's a huge advantage that developers have on a day-to-day -day basis if they're using the dev tools that are that are in the Stacks ecosystem. And, and, and those things are improving over time, right? Like uh, new libraries are coming out and it's becoming easier and easier to do cross-chain things, uh, to actually play around with, with swaps and, and so on. Right, thank you. And what information you know, from the Stacks blockchain is hashed to the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, and can you elaborate on how useful that information is and what might stop other chains from hashing historical information and sort of trying to replicate that functionality as well? Yeah, so I think hashing information and publishing it on, on Bitcoin is nothing complicated, right? Like any, anyone can do that. So uh, to, to answer this, like let's step back a little bit first. Right? Let's look at uh, these, so, Almost like people should think of stacks as like uh, hybrid people are building hybrid applications. Part of the application is literally on Bitcoin because you are sending Bitcoin transactions to actually uh, interact with the application. And part of the logic an application runs on the stack side. So there is a uh, almost like a different security uh, uh, 
assumptions for uh, for the two types of transactions. The transactions that you're just doing on Bitcoin, they're Bitcoin transactions. They're as secure as any other Bitcoin transaction. That's like the highest level of security that you can actually have. Uh, that it's it's processed by Bitcoin miners. Your Bitcoin remains on the Bitcoin chain, and that's that's it, right? Uh, that's that's better than side chains. It's better than kind of like you know anything else that that anyone uh, can come up with because it's pure Bitcoin. You you don't uh, kind of like become more more secure than that. And then I think there are the transactions that are happening on the stacks layer. Those are the ones that are getting hashed, and their hashes are are automatically being recorded on Bitcoin. So what what benefit does that give? I think the main benefit that it gives is that the, the fork histories of stacks are basically archived in Bitcoin, meaning that you only need one copy of the stacks data to live in the world and anyone can reconstruct the full history of that additional data just by looking at the Bitcoin chain, which is, I think is solving a very important problem. And that problem is that because Bitcoin is so secure and so decentralized, you cannot have too much information at the Bitcoin chain level, right? So Stacks is acting as this almost like external storage, like external data layer, uh, you can call it, for applications that really shouldn't be built at the Bitcoin main, main chain, right? These are Web3 applications. These are you know, smart contract logic. These are NFT data. Basically anything that you can think of that should be in a blockchain, but should not be in the Bitcoin blockchain, right? So it's like an external data storage layer. Uh, and that data storage layer has a very interesting property that as long as there is a single copy of that data available in the world, anyone can come in and prove by looking at the hashes and the fork histories on Bitcoin that this is the correct version of the data. And I think that's a very, very interesting property to have because, because practically speaking, it's very hard to nuke all valid copies of the Stacks blockchain from the planet. Like there, there will be some person out there in the world or some organization that has a incentive to actually keep that data. And I think that's why mining, Stacks mining also plays an important role because Stacks miners are incentivized to keep a full copy of this additional data, right? Uh, and, and that's why actually it's important that there is a gas asset that is incentivizing those miners to keep the copy of the data and to constantly basically uh, hash these transactions and automatically store them in Bitcoin. So that is the, is the function that the miners are providing. So everybody else just gets that benefit for free. So if you're a developer, you don't have to worry about who is going to maintain a copy of this data, who is going to hash these things and write it to Bitcoin. That is automatically happening based on the system that's already live. And you can just focus on building your application, right? So that's a, that's a very interesting system. And even with other types of works that are currently more in the R&D stages, uh, let's say uh, ZK uh, rollups or other ZK technology that can help kind of like even scale uh, certain applications on stacks and, and even have direct consequences for Bitcoin smart contracts and so on. All of these solutions typically require some sort of a data layer. So even for ZK based solutions around Bitcoin, you would end up requiring some sort of an external data layer. And Saks is already providing that. So it's, it's, it's like this uh, foundational technology that enables not just the functionality that you're seeing today, but it also enables future interesting things like, like ZK-based solutions 
that would require this data layer to be there. And SACS basically already has have that available today that, that people can, can use and people can build upon uh, this public infrastructure to do more interesting things. Excellent, thank you. Now, we've also been seeing um, Luna and Terra stablecoins um, making more waves in the Bitcoin ecosystem. What are your thoughts on this project and any potential collaboration with Stacks? Yeah, I think, I think uh, this is great, right? So this is one of those things where you kind of like see the maxi paradoxes trip up, right? Like you, you are, you're seeing the reactions where some people, uh, and I'm in that camp, who are being very welcoming to uh, Terra kind of like using Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin is, is Bitcoin stands for freedom, right? And anyone can come in and use it for whatever purpose that they want to. And any developer can come in and build whatever they want with Bitcoin. So if, if Terra decides that they want to use Bitcoin as collateral, frankly, no one can stop it. And, and I think it's it's good for Bitcoin. It's, it's, it increases demand for Bitcoin. It increases the use cases for Bitcoin that, that they're using it as collateral for stable coins. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested in um, having kind of like, you know, working with the community uh, in the, in the, on the Terra side, because I noticed that uh, they currently don't have bridges built uh, to Bitcoin. They currently don't have functionality for native Bitcoin swaps. Like this, it's a pretty manual type of a setup, right? Like they have set up some sort of multi-sigs. They're purchasing Bitcoin out on the markets. Uh, it's not an automated protocol. The, the, the Bitcoin reserve is not really an automated protocol at this point. Whereas Stacks has the building blocks to make it an automated protocol feature, right? Meaning that instead of, uh, right now, my understanding is that uh, there are large funds that provided the capital uh, by purchasing Luna, uh, and they're using that capital to basically buy Bitcoin on the markets. What I think uh, could be really interesting is if you automate this, uh, where anyone who has Bitcoin and who wants to participate in putting Bitcoin in a reserve for whatever the incentive is for them to do that, they can just send a Bitcoin transaction and Bitcoin can be transferred into the reserve automatically through smart contracts and through a protocol. And I think that is something that Stacks can enable. And if you look at the Stacks ecosystem right now, um, there aren't like large stable coins that are available because this ecosystem is still relatively young. Stacks blockchain only launched last year, early last year. And I think it could be interesting to have a stable coin like UST in the Stacks ecosystem. So I almost see this as a win-win, right? Like Stacks can get a uh, relatively larger stable coin issued uh, on the Stacks chain, and they can experiment with some of these building blocks of native Bitcoin swaps and making the Bitcoin reserves uh, a little bit more automatic through smart contracts and basically trying to tap into uh, Bitcoin liquidity. So uh, that's, that's, that's the, is something that I'm potentially pretty excited about. And let's see, uh, let's see where that goes. Great, thank you. Now, there is an upcoming event in Miami right ahead of the Bitcoin conference. Um, and this event is called Bitcoin Unleashed. There's going to be a lot of builders there. Um, would love to hear your thoughts and in, in, in if you're heading there. And also, what do you wish you could see more of when it comes to Bitcoin focused events? Yes. Yeah, so I think um, I've all I've kind of like felt this over the years that the developer community in Bitcoin has been kind of like getting sidelined uh, where there isn't like, for example, even if you go to an Ethereum event or if you go to 
uh, a Solana or an Avalanche event, like they're very developer focused type of communities, which, which is the right approach at this early stage of the industry. You want to attract a lot of developers. You want, like developers are the main characters in this, in this story, right? Like you want to celebrate them. You want to feature their work. Uh, you want to support them uh, however possible. And I think there's a very different feel from developer-focused events because the the discussion topics are, are a lot different and it's all about innovation and building new things and the energy is is, is very different at, at these events. And I personally like you know being being an engineer, I, I love kind of like those types of events. And in, in the Bitcoin uh, ecosystem, I've started noticing that the focus on developers have has been decreasing over time. There are a few events which are much smaller where like 50 or 100 people who are more interested in the technical side of things would show up. And I would like to see that community grow and have more of a focus on the developers. At this Bitcoin Miami uh, conference, I was actually very pleasantly su surprised to find out that they do have an open source stage and they are inviting a bunch of uh, developers, at least for the open source stage. The next level of that is, I think they should actually give airtime to these developers on the main stage. Uh, and I think I think we should have this culture of really celebrating developers and growing the developer community in Bitcoin. So we are doing our part uh, that right before the actual Bitcoin Miami conference, if the main stage and other events are kind of like not very developer focused, we're, we're trying to have a gathering of developers and entrepreneurs right before the event. And I think uh, the, the event that our community is hosting will obviously be very developer focused. You will hear from people who are actually building interesting things if you're intellectually curious, if you're interested in what can be built with Bitcoin, if you're interested in uh, starting new businesses or building new types of applications, then that's that that place is for you, right? You can come and and meet this. I would say uh, relatively small but very enthusiastic and, and and growing community of Bitcoin builders. Great. Well, we're looking forward to seeing some of the community members there. Thank you so much for tuning into Stacker Chats. Um, if you enjoyed this video, please make sure to like it, um, subscribe, and um, let us know if you have any questions on, in the comments or on Twitter. And thanks so much for folks that contributed community questions this week. We'll circle back on some more in the future. And thank you, Manit, for being here. We'll see you next week. Thanks a lot.